We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Diggs. Touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And once again, as always, I am joined by Sean Siegel, who you can also find on the Great Stadium Bananas podcast, along with Ben Gretsch. I would highly recommend checking that out. They are running a series at the moment where they're talking through the different position groups, quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, wide receivers. Some of them are posted. Some of them will be coming up in the next couple of days so make sure you check out those episodes as they go in depth at what you should be kind of doing at each position a little bit of an early review of uh, some of their thoughts so definitely definitely recommend checking that out but sean today we are talking running back dead zone we get lots of questions in on it so we thought we'll do a full episode diving into it but also has it changed in 2022 and and the running back episode with ben you did talk through um you know the dead zone a little bit and, and ben obviously is a massive part of the running back dead zone and, and how it has come to prominence as well so that is another plug for stealing bananas as part of that series which is highly recommended but how are you doing today as we get ready to dive into the, the dead zone good good and it was fun chatting about the dead zone with ben obviously he is the running back dead zone guru we looked through and put together our running back plan of attack for 2022 and it's great to kind of bat ideas back and forth and get some feedback on the players that you really believe should be the foundation of really your teams and when we're talking about early round guys that's where you're building the foundation and we know that you can use an anchor running back build that will work there are some unique situations where running back running back will work we've talked a little bit and i like to mention it a lot because it was such a great article on the hyper fragile approach uh, conor o'driscoll has a piece that is an absolute must read on the site if you're kind of drawn in to drafting a lot of running backs maybe specifically in 2022 maybe that's just your plan overall connor has a way that you can fix the rest of your approach and make that work and Colin, you and I have talked a lot when we like running backs and it is appealing to occasionally throw a few of those builds in there. But 
we do know that one of the problems that running backs have is that they lose you a lot of leagues across all of the different draft slots they definitely lose you a lot of leagues in rounds one and two but where they really lose you leagues and again ben has done so much great work on this jack miller has done a lot of cool work on it we've had a lot of lessons in the best ball workshop over the years that just make it so clear you can look at the win rates and you can look at the builds from either direction you can see just how devastating it is to be drafting running backs in this round three to round six range and kind of as i mentioned those tools i want to give a shout out and a thanks to mike beers who put those together for us and then anthony shook adding the underdog one this year that one that tool has been unbelievable and, and people love to play with that I mentioned Mike right now. He and I are in the MFL 10 of death number nine. So Mike's hoping to defend his title. I'm hoping to jump him. I think we finished one, two last year, Colin, but the years do run together as, as we kind of were mentioning on the zero RB origin story show. Uh, when my draft started really heavily in 2007, there are a handful of years now that I've got to keep track between having said all that, the running back dead zone, these rounds three through six, maybe you extend it a little bit beyond that, even depending on the year. You really don't want to be drafting running backs in those rounds. Now, we've had some questions. We get all kinds of great questions from listeners, but one of them is, is that true for 2022? Are we looking at some guys there? How should we be looking at the dead zone? Colin, what are we starting out with? What do people want to know? What do you want to know? What are we trying to think through here? So when we're looking at the dead zone, obviously you mentioned kind of the three through six range. And obviously it's called the dead zone because it pretty much the running backs aren't worth drafting in the, the nicest possible way. And then obviously they, they kind of kill your team come the end of the season or in the middle of the season. So the dead zone itself, we're looking at a lot of questions that, that come in. And thanks to everyone who does send questions and tend to be around the fact this year that the way the values have appeared is quite flat uh, in certain spots for wide receiver for example we obviously talk a lot about trying to get an elite tight end on your roster i think sometimes that is a way that we can kind of counteract some of the, the flatness element there and those kind of three four five round ranges but i think when we're looking through it in total the question really falls down to has that changed in 2022 so i think we've talked about this a lot where people are getting smarter at drafting people are becoming more educated people are reading from rotoviz from a lot of other sources as well and you know becoming more educated in draft structures and how the win rates are affected you know what the structure is going to lead to so with that in mind you are seeing some of the running backs who used to go in the second round maybe a round later maybe even two rounds later and vice versa where some of those guys who would have got pushed up in previous years are now settling around or two lower which actually starts to make them look very very interesting and look to be the best pick in those rounds so the big question on everyone's mind i think is has the dead zone actually evolved in 2022 and we will talk about some players maybe that we still like in that range so before we get into the players we like the question is do you think there is a, an evolution from i guess drafters and then the adp shifting because of that there is but it is subtle in a variety of ways right so to look at this question i pulled up info from 
the best ball win rate explorer. So again, another great tool that Mike built. And we can look at how drafters are approaching some of the main contests really since the 2015 time period. We have fan ball data for those two years. And one of the things that's kind of interesting is that you have 2015 is the running back apocalypse 2016 this massive bounce back season for running backs and then 2017 to 2021 you might consider to be a string of four years that were more or less routine you know with a handful of quirks in there i think one of the things that's definitely happened through that stretch is that the 101 102 those backs have been extremely unlucky from a health perspective and even though a lot of the top running backs have been successful and have generated seasons that are so good that the enthusiasm for drafting stars like jonathan taylor and christian mccaffrey i mean that enthusiasm is there and it's there for a reason those guys are good picks the fact that these 101 and 102 selections haven't panned out drafters know that that's fluky they also know that the running back injuries do come into play and that's something that we've got to deal with and it's a reason why drafters are trying to hit on a guy maybe two in these first couple of rounds because then once you get into the dead zone the real results are so terrible that we want to move in a different direction so even with that injury risk up top you're going to take some shots now the thing that has been interesting in terms of how these running back scores have evolved is that you look at 2015 you look at the running back apocalypse season and we had 11 guys going in the first two rounds there you fast forward to last year in 2021 and we're up to 14 guys going in the first two rounds and you're thinking well is that a little bit surprising when you have a year in there that was so devastating for running backs and we continue to have these running backs get hurt you might also have this question of how much does that necessarily tell us about other formats maybe fan ball is a little bit unique one of the things here is i was kind of tracking it and you can pull up the ffpc classic going back to 2017 so you don't have 2015 you don't have 2016 but you have still a five-year period and you look at 2017 to 2021 and fan ball in 2017 to 2021 in the classic and those two years in terms of where the running backs were drafted are virtually identical and I, that's not a huge surprise the idea that running back adp goes across formats even formats that do have some differences strategically i don't think that's that much of a surprise and one of the things that we do have happen in fantasy football is that you have a couple of big points where you're going to get moves you're going to get moves in free agency you're going to get moves after the draft you're going to get some individual moves during training camp that can be substantial but after we see what the running back depth charts are then the adp more or less gets locked in and once it gets locked you tend to see that be pretty consistent right so i was surprised that it was so identical but the fact that these two contests give us very similar adps is something that allows us then to look at them together and think okay well we can draw some conclusions from how these look and one of the things then in terms of 2022 
is that we again have 14 running backs going in the first two rounds. One of the things I wanted to compare when I was looking at this element was, well, how does it relate to running back scoring and running back workloads? And so you pull up the NFL Weekly Explorer. It's a great tool for getting a sense of workload. You can pull up the rushing numbers. You can pull up the receiving numbers. You can pull up the expected points. And so looking at guys who fall into this 18 plus expected points per game bucket and then the next buckets there are 15 to 18 maybe the two levels that you would approach in round one and round two we do see some consistency with the number of backs who hit those levels and so in 2017 only 10 but over the last five years we have either 11 or 12 for the last four years, there are 12 backs in each season who land in one of those two buckets. And the biggest difference is really that backs from that 18 plus range are now moving into that 15 to 18 range. And that's something we saw last season was that Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor had good years. Taylor, the guy with the Henry injury who really stands out, but even though Taylor was very good, you know, his numbers don't compare to players like Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson, you know, Saquon Barkley from a few years ago when those guys are at their peaks. And yet we are tending to see the same number of players being drafted in the first couple of rounds. Now this year we've kind of moved it back to where instead of say eight and six or seven and six, we've got six and eight. And so the second round has a little bit more of an emphasis with how well the wide receivers played last year. And the other element with that is that because so many running backs in round two hit, then that round becomes temporarily more palatable for drafters. One of the things that the underdog tool will tell you is that if you draft your running backs in round two, you're going to dominate. Well, we know that it's not that simple because round two last year, for running backs was much better than it usually is which means that a running back running back build is going to look better than it usually does but big picture we have the guys being drafted early more or less tracking the workloads from the previous season that part is carrying over we have gotten now to a point where people are even a little bit more enthusiastic and have and are drafting a couple more guys then really fit in those buckets obviously you're going to have each year is a little bit different in terms of the number of rookies you might like in those ranges but column the thing that you then note is that round three is much less favorable or much less enthusiastic on drafters part in terms of the running backs 2018 we have five guys go in that round 2019 7 2027 those years very heavy in terms of what drafters thought they could do building these running back heavy builds that was really the peak of sort of robust running back before really sort of the road of his approach with the tools and obviously things like zero rb really began to permeate the community and be believed by more than rotoviz and you know a handful of other drafters obviously 
2021, we dropped a four. 2022 right now just have two. Now, the fourth round is heavier again in 2022, and I think that that is interesting because there are some specific guys there, but we're kind of seeing this separation where players who previously would have been in the dead zone are actually being pushed up into round two because drafters are saying, okay, round two, great win rates. And I know that I want to win and I don't want to draft somebody in the dead zone. So if I am looking at these guys, you know, draft them in round two and not round three, we obviously know <laughs> that there's sort of a faulty element with that, which I mean, it's going to depend on how good the player is, not where you drafted him <laughs> that determines whether he contributes to your lineup or not. And the same thing then, where we're pushing the round three guys down into round four and making them interesting. The final kind of piece of the puzzle is then the wide receiver position and how dynamic those guys are. Obviously, when you look at the first round, you've got Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. You also have a couple of tight ends. And as drafters realize the importance of elite tight ends, that's also going to push down some players at different positions. But then with the next wave maybe being less exciting with Darren Waller, George Kittle having some real red flags, you have some room in round two for the running backs to go. You push those tight ends down. But then round three is really an interesting round for drafting wide receivers. And again, it's going to depend a little bit on your format because an underdog, some of these guys are going to actually go in round two. We're looking at Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, Keenan Allen, Jalen Waddle, and maybe Keenan Allen doesn't belong in there, but that round looks like a round where you can add star receivers, whereas rounds four and five, that's kind of the range that gets ugly at receiver. And Colin, that's the other question that we've been getting a lot, which is, you know, can we go to the running back position there? Do we like the wide receivers in rounds four, five, and six? That has been the range where you had to load up and maybe they're not quite as appealing this year. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Yeah, that is the the big question. And it, depending on your draft slot, and this year we're seeing draft slot matter quite a bit in terms of at the start of the round or the end of the round. And I haven't had many in the middle of the round yet, so I'm looking forward to having that flexibility in some of these upcoming drafts uh, if I do get one of those slots. But the running backs then that are going in those ranges following on from that are should we still target them so we're talking about previously we we still could target some of those guys in the dead zone but is there a profile that you tend to look into like you know we're looking at this year for example there's the like of Brees Hall who's kind of sometimes going in that range or Travis Etienne or then we also have J.K. Dobbins those younger guys who are on the ascent the other players that tend to be in the dead zone are going to be guys that are those veterans you know like a David Montgomery like an Ezekiel Elliott this year you know that that fall into that dead zone um I, I know i keep bringing it up last year we had mike davis in the dead zone for example but what's your thoughts then on should we just be completely avoiding these guys or should we be uh, picking profiles and, and taking some shots for example uh deandre swift was somebody who was kind of going in those ranges last year who was very valuable up until his injury and it really starts in round two right where we have to ask ourselves the question how many of the backs in that round are more dead zone guys? And the hard part about it, and the reason that I think drafters are more or less doing executing it correctly, is that a couple of the sort of dead zone looking players from a profile perspective are so talented that you can understand why they would go up there. Ben and I covered it on the running back show, but guys like Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, those are really more dead zone profiles but we know that Jones and Chubb are absolutely electric running backs who can create big plays. They can score touchdowns. They're probably going to be in offenses that are favorable for scoring touchdowns. So we like those guys. Javante Williams, someone who can be a breakout candidate, Leonard Fournette, and then James Conner early in round three. You're looking at backs who do have elite workloads. Alvin Kamara may be the player who's a little bit tricky in terms of whether or not you should really consider him a dead zone back. He has a bunch of red flags, but it's Alvin Kamara. And so we have this question for guys like Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara is how soon do we want to give up on them? Obviously, you needed to have gotten rid of them a year or two ago in Dynasty, but there might still be another redraft year to hang on to. These first couple of rounds, because of the pricing, I think aren't that appealing. But then we go into round three, and the question is, dead zone profile or not dead zone profile? Connor, probably dead zone, right? Even though we like him a ton. But once they try to manage his workload a little bit, you look at his age, you look at his athleticism. I mean, James Connor is not a fast NFL running back. You look at the potential for injury, so many risks there. David Montgomery, a dead zone back. Cam Akers, a dead zone back, but an interesting one because he's still a young guy. And for the same reasons that we look at players like uh, Saquon Barkley as perhaps being undervalued, now that he actually has time to recover from that injury as opposed to grading him on this just ridiculously fast comeback, he's an interesting guy. He's been falling throughout the offseason, which is an interesting dynamic there. Ezekiel Elliott, dead zone back. Josh Jacobs, dead zone back. Antonio Gibson, very clear, dead zone back, sadly, because he's pretty talented. Elijah Mitchell, dead zone. A.J. Dillon, dead zone. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, dead zone. The players who who stand out would be... Well, uh, the players who would stand out are Brees Hall, J.K. Dobbins, and Travis Etienne. 
And we don't like to mention them. We mention them all the time. And every time it's with a little bit, yeah, stop mentioning them. Because my concern would be that they're going to tick up. And once they do, their ability or their likelihood, the number of scenarios that exist for them to really crush ADP diminishes. If you can take AJ Brown or T Higgins in round three and then come back and take those guys in round four, that's pretty exciting. If you take them instead of the wide receivers and then come back in round four, you know, with DJ Moore, DK Metcalf, I mean, those guys are stars, but so different in terms of what we might see from the quarterback play. That part makes it much less appealing. So the opportunity cost there does matter. I, I think it's a very interesting season because we do see backs across the different rounds who are appealing and we talk a lot about take these shots and develop your exposure across leagues not within a league you don't want to have this robust running back approach to where you're getting all of those guys together and then what do you do with it i mean some of them are still going to get hurt they're not necessarily even going to be great flex options if they hit you have these wide receivers who aren't good enough even in bulk to balance out how you started but i do have to say that there is some appeal to especially if you can get taylor mccaffrey in the first round then there's this path where you could hit on a saquon barkley there's this path where you could land a breeze hall a jk dobbins a travis Etienne. <laughs> i had an underdog draft the other day where dobbins actually came back to me in round six but because i had used a hyper fragile approach and had gotten great values already on Barkley and Akers and Hall. I no longer had a spot left for JK Dobbins in the sixth round. And so there are going to be drafts that I think it's fun to play that way. And I think that because of the specific guys who are available, it becomes more appealing than it would be in most years. And, and this comes back to this idea of overconfidence, right? Where I'm saying there are guys that I like and guys that I'd be willing to take and maybe even take as a group where we know that, that that's very risky. You go into seasons and everybody's like, well, just pick players or just you know, pick the best player available. And the response to that is, yeah, that's what we're doing by having good structural drafting is you pick the best player available. You have the best overall team. You give yourself the most upside and the least risk. You win more leagues that way. And you have the high end upside to win tournaments that way. So when I'm saying that there are some guys in the dead zone that I like and there's some appeal to kind of stacking them together, it is with that note that once you move in that direction, it's less of a humility-based approach and it's more of an overconfidence-based approach. But there are some interesting profiles there. I guess I would just note along with that, you were asking about how the dead zone is developing. Are there some opportunities I think that drafters have very intelligently realized that round three is, is a round that you have to get wide receivers. Because some of these guys are getting pushed down, it, it does pop to mind from time to time that, look, this could be 2016 all over again, right? This could be the year, and maybe especially an underdog, where drafters are just so aware of the fact that you have to be wide receiver heavy. This could be the year that we see the reaction to the other side, where the teams who do come out are these running back heavy teams. 
to have that season right after the running back apocalypse was pretty interesting, but it also wasn't a huge surprise, right? You have this running back apocalypse, and then what do people do? Every year we try and chase exactly what happened in the previous season, and that year you had four running backs in the first, four running backs in the second, four running backs in the third. So 12 running backs across those rounds. And again, the reason that I mentioned that, you say, well, maybe that ADP is a little bit different, but these other years tracked so closely that I give that a little bit of weight. You're talking about 12 guys through three rounds. Right now we have 14 guys through two. And so when I'm thinking maybe this will be 2016 all over again, that's a possibility, but it would probably rely on specific backs hitting we're not in an environment where there are necessarily that many stars early and we're definitely not back to that ADP scenario where you're getting incredible values on your third and fourth round running back. Yeah. So I think the kind of the key takeaway for this point in time, as we talk through it is you can draft players there. There's a huge amount of risk. The dead zone likely when we get to 2023 and look back at data will look very, very similar to what it looks Previously, as Sean mentioned, comparing some of the run backs taken per round data there. And um, there is a couple of guys that are in there that are very interesting. But for example, two of the guys we mentioned are J.K. Dobbins and Travis Etienne. And they were both going in that range last year. And then they both missed pretty much the entire season. So um, that can happen as well with the injury aspect of it. But yeah, when, when I've been doing some of my drafts, you mentioned some of yours there that when... You take a running back in that first round, for example, or you take a running back in this range. I find then the temptation is to pass up some of those guys that we talked about on our zero running back targets list a couple of weeks ago, where them guys, they just seem like such values in the 10th, 11th, and 12th rounds that you're like, I just don't want to take any running backs to get here. I know there's risk involved with those guys as well, but that's the way it feels like it's playing out. But the dead zone feels like it maybe is evolving in certain ways, but the overall concept of it remains very much in play in 2022 anything that you want to add in to, to finish things up just to enjoy those drafts right get your wide receivers load up do those your running back builds but don't be afraid to hit on a few of these rbs and again i mentioned connor's article there are ways to build it that will give you a shot at some exciting win rates it'll give you a little bit of uniqueness and it will kind of scratch that itch to to draft some running backs. So if you have targets there, don't go away from your targets. You don't want to be sitting there at the end of the season and saying, you know, I was on these guys, but I just didn't have the guts to take them. Have the guts, but make sure you mix that in with good overall structure and balance across your drafts as draft season progresses. And if you are drafting, particularly over at Underdog, you can use the promo code ROTOVIS to get yourself a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100. The Poppy Drafts are now live, so if you get that $100 bonus sign-up, that's 20 free entries to that. It was a $5 entry. Myself and Zachary Kruger did a live draft last week on that. Um, a lot of fun doing that, but a very fun, basically the exact same as the, the Best Ball Mania, but um, just a little bit of a lesser price entry if you want to get involved in that before maybe you go into the best ball mini once again that code is rotoviz over at underdogfantasy.com myself and sean will be doing some ffpc drafts in the coming weeks we are very excited with that and of course sean the main event will be 
ticking around very it feels like a long way away but it will tick around very quickly and we'll be looking forward to it and i need to check the exact date but i believe the team that we had that came second in the ffpc tournament may have been drafted around the end of june last year so we might have to link up with blair to uh re recreate that to see if we can go one better this season as always if you want to sign up over at rotaviz.com you can get yourself a 10 percent discount with the code rv radio 2022 at checkout that'll get you access to all of the content and tools and save you 10 percent off that subscription as well and like sean was talking about the tools today you can head in there you can look at the data yourself for the running back dead zone with those win rates and so on so check that out and once again that promo code is rv radio 2022 my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland my co-host is sean siegel check out sean and ben gretch over on stealing bananas as well but until we are back with another podcast have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.